No. Let's go have a let's go chew the fat. Yeah. I think many people, myself included, mm. don't really want to accept death. It. Death. Yeah. I don't want to accept. I never want to accept it. Much. My, my, my boy was born with a one percent survival chance. I don't want to accept that. How long did, did he? He lived for three months. Oh my god. So the, 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 I was actually thinking about that in a way. It's amazing because part of me was thinking I should put that in a book because there's many people out there with a similar experience. I know those high intensity wards are filled now, all around the country, all around the world. Yeah. They're, they're busy. Everybody's full because yeah. everyone's going through their own thing. Yeah. But the. Um, I was just thinking, I was just reprocessing in my mind that if I ever go up to a stage to give a talk to someone yeah. and that's part of the conversation, I want to tell them the truth of how relieved I felt when I got to turn the machine off. Oh, uh, you did it yourself? No, they, had, they, yeah. they, they, they recommended we do it, just because the turmoil, the, the complete uncertainty, the, the three months of just Every time, you know when your phone rings and it says private number? Yes, yeah, 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 you're that anxiety of... When that phone always rang, it always was bad news for me. Mm. So it was a... Uh, and that's from that I developed anxiety. Yeah. Because every time the phone rang and I was driving... Like, I remember driving into a tunnel, that maybe 10 kilometres from his hospital, heading to work, trying to live, continue. Phone rang, and once again they said, oh, you stop breathing again. Mm. But I've managed to resuscitate. So entering the tunnel, get the phone call, I can't escape. The, the tunnel's seven oh. kilometres, I've got to go seven k's that way. And then, really, when you think about it, and now it's like 10 years, 12 years down the line, like, even if I could have escaped, what would I have achieved? But I never realised how those continue. Before you two in the morning, he stopped breathing again. Oh, don't worry, he's back breathing again. And then I thought, do you need to tell me this stuff? Yeah. Do I really need to know? Sometimes I think you know fucking too much. Yeah. yeah. Do you, um, was he... Um had he ever been conscious from the time? Yeah, yeah. No, no, we've got some pictures and we put them away because it was just, oh. it was quite confronting. Not for me, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind talking about it because that was my way of dealing yes, with yeah. it. But the, um, I, <clears throat> Sally always, you know those Russian dolls? Yes, yeah. Sally says she puts lock in that very yeah. wee Russian doll. And the funny thing was the, um, when my mother died, um, my sister Carling, who yeah. was probably closest to my mother, she went to see a psychic, a spiritualist, because she wanted to know whether she felt a little bit um, maybe she could have done more for my mother yeah. in her later days. But I think she did as much. My mother got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma A and B. Yeah. She got the most aggressive form of any lymphoma. It's two percent of the world's population. Many lymphomas can be treated and are not curable, but her one was just that she was. By the time they addressed it, she had went from like maybe let's say sixty kilos to thirty-five. So she was like a little yeah. little frame. 74, 75 year old. Smoked her entire life. Probably didn't live, eat the best stuff. But yeah. she, made, she made sure we ate well yeah. as a family, but she always sacrificed herself. So my sister went to go and see this spiritualist and um, the woman was sent to her, she was said to her many things. Yeah, yeah. My sister called me up and then she said, Caroline says, I've got a message from you, from mum, do you want to hear it? And I said, yes. She said a few things. Number one, she went, mum wants you to bring out Lockie's pictures and stop hiding them. Wow. She says she wants you to bring them out and uh, show them to the kids, make them aware that he has a brother. And then she said, she wants you and Sally to spend more time for yourselves. She went, because you're never fucking looking after everyone else, making sure all the staff mm -hmm. and everything. She said, you haven't been for a holiday, you haven't done any of these things. 
that was two things that my mother had always said to me in her day to day. Because my mother also lost a child. But the, uh, oh, wow. I had a sister. There was five of us. Yeah. Should I give me? <laughs> and, um, so these are straight away, I went into the cupboard and I got all those pictures and I brought them out and I gave them to the kids. Because some of them are him, there was days where he was fine. Yeah, yeah. So the, he, if, if you imagine that's lungs, yeah. when you're born, yeah. he had about that. So oh. when, when they scanned him on the thing, yeah. he just amassed in his lung, which is very normal, but not the size he had. No, no. Because lungs are cystic and then they become lungs, whatever. So they said, well, he's got a 1% chance survival chance. I said, well, if he's got, I said, for me, that's a chance. Yeah. So we went through everything possible because it was too late to terminate. Yeah. Uh, and, and termination was never a thing in our and, mind and because he was a baby. He yes. was, he yeah, was, yeah, he was, was eight, he was eight, 19 weeks at diagnosis. Wow. And um, so we through the whole process. He was born at 28. And then he fucking lived this shit situation for fucking three months. And it was just a lot. I, I'm looking at pictures of myself as like a, a gaunt mm. stick. Stopped eating. Drinking lots of coffee, tea, we just, and you're trying to live a normal life. Yeah, yeah. Sally's trying to express milk, do, do all these things, but just the situation. And did, how long ago was this? Oh, so he was the first, so Olivia's 10, so he would have been 12, 12 years ago. Wow, wow. 12 um, years. First child. You know, when you read all those nice books that say, oh, yeah. you'll be going through this now at 19, and you'll be going through that now at 19 fucking weeks. Well, there's a, there should be another book that says, yeah, yeah. This is what you might go through. This is what this this is a possibility. Yep. That's right. I, would, I mean, it's a it's a fear. I mean, I yeah, as you know, I've got five children, and that's been a fear with all five of something happening mm. to them in those early years. Absolute fear. And Penny doesn't have it. Penny doesn't have that anxiety. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I'll wake up ten times during the night and just Ooh. hold Lola oh, and make sure that she's breathing. I do. I go. I let, lick my finger. <laughs> yeah. I put it under the nose. Just feel if I can feel the breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. Sally goes straight to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go around the house, <laughs> check them all. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just a man thing. Well, I don't know, but you do, it's a. Um, there is a fear, but you want the very best for them, and if yeah. you've because you've experienced. Um, I don't a, want to lose them. A son, no. Oh, no. My God, losing a son, your first son. That's that's. I mean, shop when he died, the nurse said, "Do you want an imprint of his feet?" So they. And I'm going to get that as a tattoo, but I'm going to remove some of his toes mm. and put all the other girls' fingerprints oh, on wow. it. So I'm going to get that done as a tattoo. Mm. But the funny thing is, when people talk about like spirituality, yeah, or, yeah. I'm never, I don't believe in religion. That's no. my belief because yeah. if if religion was true, some of the good people that I've seen in my life mm. go would never have gone, and some of the bastards should be fucking gone. But I do believe in a spirit. Mm. Call it a holy ghost. Call it whatever mm. you want to call mm. it. Mm. And um, when both Sally's sister and my elder sister, Wendy, who lives in Glasgow, they've experienced some um, issues in their first marriages. Yeah. I think they went to like a spiritual, get a spiritual person. And this happened within three months of each other. One was in Canada, one was in Glasgow. I got a phone call from my sister. that said, I went, I went to see a spiritualist and she told me something about Lockie. So when I walked in there, there was a little, she said, there's a boy behind you on your left shoulder. She went, his name's Lachlan, the Lockiest. Have you got a brother in Australia? She went, yeah. She said, he just wants to let me know that he's fine and he's flying with angels. Oh. I didn't tell Sally that, because at that time, was, yes, yeah, yeah. she was still more raw yeah. from it than me. And then when I eventually did get the courage to tell Sally, she says, Michelle called me with the same message from Canada. When she went to go and get some therapy about her first marriage and where's her life going, whatever, oh. same thing. 
And I found that quite human. I laughed. Yeah. I thought, the little fucker's flying between Glasgow <laughs> and Canada. It doesn't want to be here. So I kind of tried to find humour in that yeah, because yeah, 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 how yeah, else yeah. do you process exactly. it? Exactly. And he probably wasn't able to... Well, I think you've got to be in that in that state of being able to accept that because what I believe is that we each of us have got a mind and we've got a body, flesh. But as soon as we die, but we've got to have our spirit. That's the strongest part. So that's that soul. That's that knowingness. You know that, and the way I explain it is, you know, you're driving down the road and something says, not your brain, but something says, turn left. But your brain overrides it and says, no, I always go straight ahead or right. But if you listen to that and you turn left, suddenly, oh my God, there's that seated chest of drawers that I wanted to buy and somebody put it out on the on the sidewalk to take away. You know, that sort of scenario. So. And because um, we, on this whole planet, we're all spiritually connected, so we're all one. So I'm you, you are me, you know, we're kind of all spiritually one, um, and different religions talking about as the Holy Ghost or whatever it might be. Um, so when we die, our brain just, that just all that data goes to dust, mm. and our body goes to dust, but the spirit is there. So if, because you've been, you're so raw from Lockheed's death, he probably wasn't able to actually even get through yeah. To you guys, I mean, there was a you know to, to communicate that through your sisters. What an amazing thing, you know. That's um, what I do believe he's always here. Oh yeah. I feel I see, sometimes I talk to him. Yeah. Talk to my mother as well. <laughs> to believe she's here. Well, that's what I think. Dogs can sense these things. <laughs> Cats can sense these things. <laughs> One of the things my mother did say is she went through this psychic. She said your mother wants you to put a little chime in the house somewhere where the wind won't get it. And when that dings, you know she's there. Wow. <laughs> so, Have you done that? No, yeah, no. Yeah. And she also described she wants us to find this ring. She told us where it was. Yeah. That's my mother's wedding mm-hmm. ring. It fell off and rolled under the bed. So it was very descriptive. Some yeah, of that stuff, some of these people. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so good. I mean, I, because Lola was born after both my parents had died, and I desperately wanted, and they were such great grandparents. You know, they had 22 grandchildren, half a dozen great grandchildren. They were just people that were just awesome grandparents. That's and a good Catholic family, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not Methodist actually. Was it yeah, yeah. But someone must have jumped ship. <laughs> but I lay on the bed with Lola, and this ha- sometimes happens, but it's happened twice, where I'm lying on the bed, she's going dozing off to sleep, and I can see mum and dad at the door, mm. and mum would be peering in with a big smile, and dad would be hovering at the background, and I'd say, it's okay, come in. Mm. This is Lola, mm. you know. You know, and I talked to Lola, Lola you know, didn't know what else, she just thought I was telling her yeah. um, the story. The story. But, and uh, just had that conversation as though they were there in the room. Now I couldn't, I told my sons, I couldn't physically see them, but I knew that they were there. You know, and I knew the mannerisms of, you know, and then um, mum would suffer a bit of anxiety. She said, oh look, we better go Tony, mm. you know, um, Lola needs to go to sleep. And suddenly they just disappeared. Mm. It's happened twice. Mm. And so I, and it gives you that really mm. love, doesn't it? Mm. It just makes you feel, um, I just don't believe people go. No. I just think you don't get to see them. Yeah, you don't, you don't that's right. see yeah. them, you get to see them here, yeah. or you get to feel them. Yeah, yeah, their body goes, yeah. but that's... Uh, how did you, how was the, uh, when you had the funeral for Lockheed, was that a... You know, I was never a big, I'm never into that sort of thing. Bufties, Christmases, fucking death, weddings. Mm. I was never into that at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. Because um, the closure, the, the process and the grieving, because mm. I, I didn't know how to grieve. Mm. I didn't know what grieving was. Yeah. So to actually to be able to cry, mm. unrestricted and just fucking yeah. flowing with Flow, tears. Yeah. This, yeah. Oh. it was such a, but one thing 
they didn't explain to me was when when he passed away, mm. he held them mm. and he passed away and he's yeah. still a hot little baby. Yeah. The next time I got to feel him, it was like hitting a fucking frozen chicken yeah. in the head. No yeah, one, yeah. no one prepared me for that. No, no. It's a real shock, isn't it? He was solid, like yeah. a fucking. And I thought, wow, no. that's shocking. It's like yeah, I yeah. shouldn't have done that. No, no, no. Yeah. Because it, it, it really is. You, you're holding death then, aren't you? Not holding um, a living. He's gone. Yeah. It's a. Oh, that's why I, I don't think I. I went to see my father, um, body, but it's not a nice thing. Yeah, you know, they're all being glorified. Like like, no, 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 no. Well, because there's nothing. Even their physical presence isn't the same as yeah. what you remember. So it's probably best not to. Uh, when my mother passed away, when we went up, they said, oh, "Do you want to have one last viewing?" And mm. part of me is that, should you? I'm like, no, no, because the mother I remember is not the mother that passed away. That's mm -hmm. uh disease that fucking mm. took it away but the mother I remember is here in my head very different mm. than some of my phones but the, I think that was a I'm impressed that you embraced the death of your parents and captured it in a way that I, I would never have done right. and probably many people would never have done so it is something you got and later on in life when I like the fact that yours you said there was no sound because you can actually add in your own sound. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm, like, humor with it. Like, I'm thinking like a Benny Hill soundtrack. Then <laughs> you could add your own speech to it. I think I, I like, we might dub, do that. Dub it in. Like, I, I need get to the get, kids get to to your audio sound um, yeah. visual man to do that. Well, here's available for bar mitzvahs, weddings and funerals. <laughs> <laughs> well, this melts quickly, doesn't it? I know. Because um, I, I always, I and I wondered this on the way here, I was thinking about your son because Penny had told me that you'd lost your uh, son um, and I always w wondered whether his name was Joe, Farmer mm. Joe's. Mm. Um, but now I'm, I don't have to ask because you've already told me that his name. It was spelled Lachlan, L-O-C-H, mm. it's a Scottish one. But now Lachlan. When, 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 when you're in a situation like that and there's no way out, you just can accept it. Yeah. It is what it is. There's no way out of it. Yeah. And, um, this doctor, what you, uh, is it an obstetrician, is that like a baby doctor? I can't remember, mm, yeah. like a baby doctor. Mm. They were trying to help us understand, because in those places they bring in the psychologist, the social worker, they say, we can help you through this. So I'm a bit resilient, I just want to fucking do it myself, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a Sally. Mm. And I don't like that, you know that voice, the concerned voice everyone gives you? Hi, oh, don't do <laughs> yeah. that with me, because I don't fucking want to hear it. Yeah. I can deal with this, mm -hmm. just tell me what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. explain it to me, <laughs> that I can then process it <laughs> my way and way, yeah. And he said, he said, look, I'm going to tell you the easiest way, son. He says, to have a, a, a perfect child, there's like a billion connections that have to take place. Yeah. One billion, yeah. maybe two billion. He goes, so if you, to get a perfect child is a fucking miracle, yeah. number one. He goes, but if one of those things go out of place, he said, and what you've experienced is because when Lockie died, done, uh, so when he was born, took samples of all these things, they got maybe this is a cancer, maybe this is this. And they came back and they said, genetically, he's perfect. There is nothing wrong with this child. Nothing at all. It's just when one thing was connecting mm -hmm. that said lungs do this, yeah. it maybe connected backwards. And this happened so you've just been very, 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 very unlucky. And it's like a one in a billion chance and it's not genetic and it's not um doesn't pass down the no, line, no, whatever no. it is. They say so it's just a fucking shit situation. Because wow. before that, one of the other things that you know, somebody the lady was explaining uh, misca miscarriages, yes, or when, yeah, you, yeah. when someone thinks they're pregnant, whatever. Yeah. And I remember tell, she was telling us, she said, 
you know when you stick a postage stamp on something so if there's not enough stick yeah. it's going to fall off <laughs> exactly yeah and I thought that makes a symbol yeah, yeah, I don't need yeah, to read yeah, a big yeah. book for that yeah, I, can, yeah. I, I get that Extra you can blue. relate to that exactly yeah. that's right yeah I yeah. get it sticks yeah. on and it works because yeah. yeah. many people go through that sort of yeah. situation my brother went through that situation many of my friends go through that yeah. situation and I think when you start to talk to people, you're like, fuck, I'm not alone. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Everyone's yeah, going through yeah, this yeah. fucking stuff. Everyone has a story, don't they? Everyone has a, a story that, that moulds them. And I think standing, when you're serving customers, um, and somebody comes up with a different attitude or whatever, you've got to go, hang on, they've got a story. You know, they're reacting to whatever story's within them. You know, not everyone can be joyful and enthusiastic and, you know, wonderful. And people might have lost a family member or they might have just... Uh, uh, heard some bad news so yeah everyone has a story so we're not um, the untold stories exactly and I think that's where I often have to remind myself and I'm not perfect at it is that we are all connected so we all should be sharing and supporting each other not this yet but there's a real we live in a competitive world don't we you know I want to have what, my, yeah that's my, right yeah yeah, that's, yeah yeah exactly yeah I don't um, like that um, he's got you think that's a middle class thing yes definitely has to be I, just, I never felt that when I grew up in Glasgow in a real kind of lower working class area. Mm. We were all kind of equal. Yeah. I call myself, um, we were kind of the poor working class, we were kind of upmarket poor because we had a caravan. <laughs> <laughs> we had a caravan. Actually, we had two caravans. Wow. So we had a bit more than most, yeah, yeah. but not much more than, than many. Many, yeah. But we all lived in council houses. So everyone had a level of equality. We all went to the same shops. There was very few cars on the street, and if there were, there were old cars. And but the caravans were folding. Right, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So one we had a static one, so it was like a big long one yeah. that was stuck in a place called Berwick upon Tweed. Another yeah. one you put in the back of your car. Fantastic. And, and that was like our, our, our escapism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, as I've made my, I'm now 42 years old in yeah. Australia, and I, I'm always telling Sally, I'm, I'm working class. I keep telling her that. And I know I'm not because I'm fucking having an asylum number one. <laughs> I'm sitting in a $55,000 car that belongs to the bank. <laughs> but these are things that I would never have experienced yeah, no, in exactly, my childhood yeah, yeah, growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we would have been, I think this this Instagram and all this new yeah, stuff yeah, on yeah. everyone's like this image driven stuff, I yeah. gotta have more. Yeah. I was like, I used to say to Sally when I want my own business, I was such a fucking egotistical mm. cunt. Oh, don't say cunt, <laughs> can't say cunt in the, the podcast, I need to score that one out. But such an egotistical man, Colourful young man. man. And I was like, I wanted, I used to have a posh car, I used to have a nice big Audi A6 right. black. And I thought, next time I'm going to get a Maserati because I was like, this is to the doubt. This is yeah, everyone yeah, that doubted yeah, me, yeah, I'm going to yeah, tell. Yeah. And then as I get older and put my ego in the box, I thought, I don't want to pass that message yeah, on. No, no, no. I want to pass the message of love, compassion, support, exactly. help. Yeah. I did this and I'm just a kid from Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. You can do it too. Yeah, yeah. And it's the delivering the long, feeding anger. Yeah. Put the anger aside, I took the anger and channeled it to be much more positive. Positive, yeah, yeah. Because it's a good energy source, but just putting things in a box and then <clears throat> goes back to that whole middle classness. I need this, I got yes, that, yeah. I want this, this is yes, mine. Yeah. I've got to have that house, got to send my kids to that school, I've got to tell everyone about it. And I've got to go to those halls, the fuck. But what's missing in that um, class is happiness and joy and uh, compassion and kindness. Um, it's because it's it's so much about the material and it's when they get to their, the end of their life, they're going, my God, this material stuff is worth worthless. Um, who was saying, um, somebody was saying they've got this big climate um, conference on at the moment and somebody was saying, but it's pointless. You know, all this wealth that we are, like look at our government, they're, they're wanting to, 
um, just earn all this money from their from the coal, so they can burn the coal, they can create more stuff, blah 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 blah. But the fact is that what are we going to do with this money when there's no planet to live on? You know, we're just going to watch it burn and go, "Oh, that was a nice fire." Um, it's it, there's there's a, there's a senselessness to it, isn't there? Greed. Yeah, greed. That's it. Yeah. A, a kill to greed. Yeah. When you look at some of these very wealthy people, huh. all they want to do is give away. Hmm. When they've got so much money, all they want to do is help. And so I was watching inside Warren Buffett or Bill Gates's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Warren Buffett donated like four billion or five billion dollars to Bill Gates to help him to try and get compostable toilets and all that sort of stuff for Africa and sanitation. Fucking hell, four billion. Just to, to, because he can. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I mean, you, I remember reading a story that says, when you're on your deathbed, you'll never lie there and think, oh fuck, I wish I spent more time at the office. Yeah, never. This is not the thoughts that'll pass through your head. No, no you that's a, You've got to kind of grasp, it's a, hmm, it's a, hmm, kind of grasp your life hmm. and shake off the shit and remember the stuff you loved doing as a kid hmm. and start doing more, that's what me, that's what, I'm doing what I'm doing as a kid and now commercialising it. Hmm. I'm just a curious little guy who likes talking to people, of connecting them. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's, that's sales. a marvelous and a wonderful. That's one of your wonderful assets because somewhere in our growth, we forget that little kid and we go on this search, mm. and it's probably the ego that we're um, that we're trying to build or whatever. But if we can get back to being a little kid, if we can be back to what our kids are doing, mm. you know, why can't we drive around with a bucket, with a whole case of toys mm. when we get to our appointment? Mm. You know, I, I love little matchbox cars. You know, I love them. Why don't, I have, why don't I carry those with me? I mean, you know, you'd yeah, say... Such uh, a treat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can um, escape and go... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays on the bloody thing, is that those simple things of just... Mm. Mm. You could call that meditation. You just think of nothing else, but I'll play with that little car so so or mindfulness of the car just, just focus on it and I think we've just got to cut back the shit yeah oh. so much um, baggage that we all walk mm. around with <laughs> the promotion the new job the, the promotion the new job the holiday the house the house the promotion mm. the second house get more debt get more debt the government needs more debt yeah, yeah. <laughs> get more debt hang on you've got equity in that house use that to get another house why yeah. so you can just keep fucking taxing it yeah exactly. so you can take all my cap what is it to call it capital gains yeah 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 huh. Or you try and get ahead, but hang on, that's a fringe benefit tax. Christ, so I just got to keep working. I was, I was saying to some people the other day, our commodity is 24 hours in a day. That's, mm -hmm. that's a, we're all equal in that space. The people who have that are the unemployed. Yeah. They've already got the freedoms. Mm. But they've only got it because we're working. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense to me. So why am I giving up my time to work to try and find the freedom so that you're taking half of my money and giving to it to someone to, <laughs> to do fuck all? But do you think they're not happy? Yeah, I think. Well, I came from a situation like that. I just think I don't know if they're happy. Just that they've accepted that's yeah, what it right, is. Yeah, the yeah, the systems a, let them. There's, accept, a, sen there's a, a sense of apathy, yeah. isn't there? Um, I love doing what I do because well, I've been able to get to a stage where I can have the freedom to do this. Um, uh, but I would be imagine if I didn't have the business or didn't have, and I was just at home sitting around watching telly, watching the midday movies. I'd be that. so bored. This, I think you've got to have a project. You've got to have something you've got to be I mean we're all artists aren't we if you look back to your small so what were you up to as a little kid what was a 10 year old version of you up to mm. um, I used to go on these massive bike we used to live in the middle of Australia or well, almost in the middle of Australia I'd go on these massive bike rides I'd pack a, a whole picnic camper and just I used to love being by myself mm. you know um, and just ride to the loneliest place and just scan the horizon and, and draw I used to love drawing so I used to do a lot of sketching 
and um, I come home at the end of the day with a sketch pad with a you know, number of different sketches. Um, to me, that was so much fun because I didn't have to deal with anybody else's rubbish. Mm. That was me, you know. Um, so my imagination—I had the enthusiastic imagination that I could. Didn't matter where you were; you could be anywhere you wanted mm. to be. Yeah. And so I try to get back to that state yeah. now. Yeah. What about yourself? I was. I used to. I used to live on a boat. I used oh, right. to, yeah. Because we were naughty kids in Glasgow, mm -hmm. we got to mischief. And then I met this guy. We used to, because we lived in a poor area, they used to get sent to these homes. Not like a Boston, but like there were residential schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not because you pay for them, because you were highlighted for somebody who could maybe benefit from getting locked up for eight weeks. And it, was, <laughs> it was one of the best things ever because they used to take you to the beach. Yeah, yeah. I was eight, nine, or ten, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, used to get sent to all these places in the country and then one of the places I get sent to was this place called Clinda which is just, I don't know, 40 minutes south of Glasgow. But I ended up meeting this guy who ran this boat company. Helped him pull his boat and helped him do stuff. Eventually, I used to help him clean his boats and clean all the fishing guts off or whatever. And I ended up living on his boat. So I ended up living on his boat for two years. I think I was about 11 or 12. Yeah, I just lived on this boat I, every day. I had Nescafe Gold Blend, two sugars of milk, digestive biscuits, cream cakes, and uh, beans on toast. <laughs> but I was the happiest, and I was lived, lived by myself. At, at 11? Yeah. Wow. Just, so what about your mum and dad? Oh, uh, my dad, um, he, he left us. He left, uh, so I lived on those boats for like, uh, maybe eight, 18 weeks at a time, mm -hmm. and I would need to go back no. to Glasgow to go. To go back to school, mm. whatever, and I would come back. I'd come back at the weekend, come back again. But wow. I did it. And then after that, after he sold the boat, I went and lived above his garage because he was a mechanic. He's always fixing stuff, so I used to love tinkering and taking stuff, welding and stuff, whatever. Yeah. Just keep away. I, I always thought if I keep away from Glasgow, yeah, I'll keep out of trouble. Yeah. And I, I was not. I was never a bad person, but I was very. When you when it's there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're bored. Yeah. So. I loved that was my escapism. But I used, to, I used to always sit in school, and there used to always be the kid that was made to be sat alone because oh, the teacher right, said yeah. it was disruptive. I remember one day I overheard her telling one of the other teachers her car had been nicked, and she was I was primary seven, so I was maybe ten years old, and I could see the secretary walking up from way down the hall, but with a walk of purpose, not just a normal walk. Yeah, yeah. I just turned to the teacher and I said, "They found your car." <laughs> I said, "What?" So they found your car. And she stood up and the teacher came in and heard them whispering and yeah. she turned to me and she went, you will do good to mind your own business. <laughs> and I, as I reflect on that as an yeah. older person, I just read the situation. Yeah, exactly. I understand yeah. human interaction. Yeah, yeah. I sense an indifference. Why don't you say, that's great observation. Exactly, yeah, yeah. No, no, you fucking do, you mind your own business and uh, it's the punishment, more punishment because... Rather than nurturing that skill, yeah. they wanted to sort of knock it, yeah. Another one, I've had this other teacher talking about... Um, her house was cold and she thinks she might get central heating. I said, my dad does that. So I told my old man, he called her, he got the job. Oh, fantastic. I, get ten, <laughs> I, I got 10 quid out of it. So it's very much, when I look back to some of the stuff I yeah, did, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's no different to what I'm doing yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, You read a situation, yeah. you see a, see a situation, which is a really good quality. It's an amazing quality to have because some people go around with blinkers on, don't mm. they? They're, they're either just driven on their ego and what is important to them rather than what's happening in the mm. environment. And uh, there's so many opportunities mm. out there. Uh, there's a million opportunities. Um, I love the ones where people just like, you may see like, people who take like a street mess and make it something. Yes, yes, yes. Or like yes. Re upcycle stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone's, uh, was it, what's that phrase they use? Someone's trash. Someone's, somebody's somebody's <coughs> trash is somebody's treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so true. I used to do that when 
I, my family, my first family were young, um, just to earn an extra quid, mm. you know, I'd, I'd find the street mm. stuff and I'd take it home and spend hours sanding it down, mm. repolishing it, timber stuff, and you'd be able to make that extra few dollars just to pay the yeah. mortgage that week. Yeah. You know, and then Give us a new lease of life. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. I love it. Any questions for uh, Any questions? Anthony Dillon? That was beautiful. Dillon's always got a couple <laughs> of questions. No, I really liked it. It's funny how you guys were talking about like happiness and how it's not like um, ego or that shiny car. I literally mm. did a post on that this morning. So oh, did you? Well, it was funny you guys like were talking about right. it. Right. And um, yeah, from a little snippet of it. But it'd be cool to um, know like, was there any moments when you were doing the business where you're like, what am I doing? Or like, what's your whole mission with it? Do you have a mission with it? Or? Oh, um, the... Um our business, our, well, I don't know whether we have a mission. Our mission yeah. is to be um, to, to be self-employed, really. You know, yeah. to be able to be in control of what we do with our our day, mm-hmm. um, not to be controlled by somebody else's vision, but to have our own vision, I suppose. But I don't put a lot of thought into that. I just, yeah. uh, I'm not a very good employee. Yeah. So, as <laughs> as a lot of my post past employers have told me. Um, yeah, you were a terrible person to employ. Yeah, because I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to mm. be more creative than what they had allowed in, in whatever it was that we were doing at the time. I did a lot of work in the arts. So I used to run major events and work with a lot of museos and bands. And even that became restricted because sometimes the band didn't couldn't see the potential of what mm. they actually had. Um, so you think, well, okay, I'm just going to invest all my enthusiasm into something that I can create, yeah, um, and uh, and do it that way. But it, it, sometimes your ego does get. You, I think you've got to have a you've got to have an ego because an ego is healthy, mm. but you can't allow that ego to override your spiritual knowingness. Exactly. You know, as soon as it does, then you're stuffed. Yeah, and you know? you're checking um, with it every yeah, yeah. so often. Um, and I used to, um, and I like cars, so I'd buy an old car, and my ego would come out when I drove around the streets for one day. And then I would put it away, mm. and I reflect on my mother. Said my father was a, although he was a minister of religion, his passion was was uh, art. He was an amazing artist, and I said to him when he was dying, Dad, what would you have done if you could have had your life over? He said I would have become a Buddhist, not a Methodist. Mm. I would probably say I'm agnostic, which means that um, what he was teaching from the pulpit is not what he really believed. Mm. Um, and he probably would have just done his artwork. Mm. Yeah. So it's a uh, you, you look back at your life, and I mean I'm you know in my early 60s, so I kind of you know might have another 30 years if I'm lucky. You know, but I, I want to do the things that mm. I want to do. I want to create things. Um, but at the moment, I'm having such a blast being a father again. Mm. You know what it's like. You know, that mm. sort of li- lying down in a beanbag with my daughter watching Wiggles is. Everybody wiggle. <laughs> so like has um I guess what you drive is like freedom so then you can do those things when yeah. you were younger, like go out and yeah. go to the hinterland, like go yeah. for big treks and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be able to do um or just enjoy life rather than having to chase anything. It's mm. like, it's like, it's like, sometimes it's like what I think what you're saying is correct me if I'm wrong here, is like working to get the freedom is to choose if you choose to have it, yes. then I will. But yeah, if yes, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to. Cause yeah, that's right. Nine times out of ten, I don't exercise my freedoms. No. But it's nice to know I earned them. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, if me and Sally choose to just, I don't know, if I can go for a beach walk today, yeah, we can. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You're not uh, having to be anywhere at any particular yeah. time, which is a really lovely uh, thing. And I think um, 
and I said to the staff, I get quite annoyed if I go into the business now because I see so many things that are not the way that I would do them. And but they're doing the very best that they can yeah. do. Um, so I've got to just take a back seat and go, you know, that's my expectation. Yeah. But we employ managers who um, hopefully have our philosophy um, and then manage the staff. So I try to stay out of the business during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it uh, makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What would um, be one thing that you wish you knew at like, let's say 20? Oh, um, become a landlord. I think then you would have no but I don't know many landlords that are happy people yeah exactly to be honest but I think um, yeah I I was never brought up with the idea of investing money in real estate you know it was all about um, uh, and I've I've been lucky enough to own a few houses but it's only because I married somebody at the time who came from a family who were very interested in actually having property um, I don't care. I don't care if I've got to live in a rented house for the next. Yeah, I'd be quite happy to live in a caravan. Yeah. Really. I like to be free. Yeah. I like that level of freedom. It's a, such a lovely, yeah. lovely, yeah. not having a bank. Unless you've got a big pocket of money that you can get hold of that you don't need to owe back to anybody, then you can buy a piece of yeah. land. But yeah, I'd be, I mean, simplicity. Mm. I think the older you get, you go, I just want a bit more simplicity. Yeah. You know, and not to carry all the. I used to love collecting things. I used to have sheds filled with stuff. You know, and my current partner, Penny, um, uh, she likes to sh- just get rid of stuff. You know, I went to get on an old T-shirt to do some painting yesterday. They've all been thrown out because they had holes in them. I said, they're my painting T-shirts. Yeah. But I would collect those things yeah. and have them for a day. But she's going, you don't wear them, they're in the bin. Oh. <laughs> so I can't paint? <laughs> I did paint, but I painted in a really good shirt. And then I got told off for painting in a good shirt. In Byron Bay, I get quite inspired by all these people that just live in vans. Oh yeah, isn't it amazing? They just look at the softboard, they yeah. get the little cooker set yeah, up, yeah, yeah. mattress, I think, it's just totally... It is... I've never seen that in my life before, as a permanent way to live. No, no, that's right. Well, we've had staff here, and we still have staff, who will arrive at work and, you know, how was your night's sleep? Oh yeah, we parked the van down here and, you know, you know, it was great or it wasn't such a good night's sleep because, you know, the wind was howling through the, you know, the roof racks. Mm. But they, they come to work really they jump in the ocean, have a bit of a surf. Oh, hello, sorry, this has just fallen over. <laughs> yeah. um, that reminds me of a story. When I managed bands, uh, I toured a band from Adelaide around the eastern states and we were stopped in at um, a couple of uh, universities in Melbourne. And uh, the band was out in the uh, dressing room doing whatever they do before they go on stage. And uh, the sound guy said, oh, Anthony, can you just go up and just check to make sure the microphones are working? And so I went up to the microphone and I thought I had a fairly deep voice, but when I went to the microphone, it was test one, two. <laughs> anyway, the, lead, the lead singer came out to get off the stage. <laughs> That's embarrassing. He said, and then he gave me a few lessons of how to talk into the microphone, so those deep tones came through. Yeah. But I, I, I could see all the, the the people sitting, the uni students sitting at the uh, tables, going, "My God, this is embarrassing." <laughs> the, the new band, the new lead. Yeah. One of the questions we like to yes. ask people, it's, uh, tell us, what's it Dylan? Tell us one thing that no one knows that you yeah, do. Yeah, like a weird little habit or something oh. you usually like like to keep to yourself. <laughs> a weird habit that I like to keep to myself that I want to... Re- um, it's a little bit embarrassing, you don't know if everyone else does it. Um, oh, I've, got, I've got a million, I'm trying to think whether I want to share any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little habit, a little habit. A little habit that I do... 
that I'd like to share with the world. Might be that, you know, you go down to the beach for naked swims by yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, Might yeah. Be um, a lot of people comment on, I will always greet the morning with, hey, it's a beautiful day. Mm. And I do that daily. Whether I'm feeling it's a beautiful day, well, but I, it, it doesn't matter. I try to um, share that, that joy of, isn't it a beautiful? And people often will refer to the weather. But it's raining. No, hang on, I'm not referring to the weather. I'm referring to, aren't we so lucky to be alive and to be actually here? I'm in that transaction of, I'm making you a coffee. You come into my kitchen, as in you know, the cafe. You've come into my kitchen, you've asked for a coffee, I'm gonna make one for you. You know, there's that transaction, there's that sort of uh, um, <coughs> human. Albert Einstein said, people are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Yeah, exactly, that's right. Yeah. Irrespective of an overcast day or the rainy day or whatever. So true, so true. You can change it, but you've got to change it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I'm about the same. Yeah. Either having a shit day, I try and always say positive yeah. stuff because it's so easy to be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very easy to be fucking miserable. And what's that great quote? Change the way you see things and things change. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. And it's a, and I re, that's probably a quirky thing that I do every day, many yeah. times a day. I'll repeat that to myself. Yeah change the way you see things so I'll be driving and you become I do anyway become a bit um, competitive when I'm behind the wheel because I don't ever sense that the person driving the other cars are humans I look at their car and I'll judge the driver by the car that they're driving mm. so if it's a, um, a really low slung 80s Commodore from with Queensland registration plates I think they're drug dealers mm. coming down to distribute drugs so they there might be an old couple in there that they've never upgraded their car so I've got to continually remind myself specifically when I'm driving change the way you see things and things change so see joy in the the, the people and that they're humans driving that car it's not a um, a driverless car yeah, and, don't and don't judge yeah yeah don't judge what people um, wear or drive or have as to who they are because some of the nicest people I've met in, in Byron are the people that live on the streets. Mm. You know, there's a guy by the name of Les and he, he would walk in the morning, I'd see him walking with his big um, um, rolled out, what are they called, swag, and uh, going somewhere. And I stopped him one day and I said, Les, where do you go, where do you come from to go with that swag? Mm. He said, oh, he said, I've got a post office box. And he said at about 10 o'clock, everyone's collected their mail and I just go into the post office here and there's a nice big air conditioned during uh, summer and heated during winter corridor. And so I just find the corner, lay down my swag. He said, almost never does anyone come in and look, check their mail after 10 o'clock. He said, all the other street people are sit under verandas and stuff. And he said, at about five o'clock, I roll it up and I get out of there. And um, I hide it over here at the uh, bowling club. I said, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and then I was suddenly going, hey, this guy's not silly, he's got a post office, so he gets his mail. Anyway, I hadn't seen him for a few weeks, and I said, uh, saw him, and I said, uh, Les, I haven't seen you, what's going on? Oh, I got my superannuation payout, so I bought myself a car. And, <laughs> and now he drives around to different locations, but they're people that Does it I have find... Queensland plants? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're, they're um, you know, I, I, get a, I get joy from interacting with those people because I see those people as the custodians of this town mm. yeah those that walk the streets you know not those that are off their face and just totally but a lot of them have mental illness um, but they have a they have a sense of ownership of mm. you know, of our town yeah which is good. what ages last ways would it be 
Um, he's super West Billet. Was it? Oh, he'd be sixty. Yeah, yeah, sixty-five. He worked for the council for a while, and he comes from Canberra. I think he's a, he's a one he, somewhere back in his history. He worked for the government because mm. he's not he's not silly, mm. you know. But he's got he's, there's some mental mm. handicap there that's happened, whether it be trauma or, or drugs. Yeah, I offer him a coffee, but he says no. He only drinks rum. So it might be that he's yeah, had an addiction. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I lived in London. I'd never really seen homeless before in Glasgow. No. But when I went to London, it was getting. Isn't forgot. that funny? Why wouldn't you see homeless anyway? Um, maybe I never seen it. Maybe it was yeah. never, it was maybe. never in my yeah. face yeah. to see it. I never, but I'm sure it exists. But I never seen it. Yeah. When I went to London, and was get the bus along the big street that runs along the Thames. I can't remember it. But there were all all these doorways, and I would, I would walk in nightclubs, so I would get the bus home six in the morning or seven in the morning. And um, I always remember this one guy sitting there, like a, he looked like a banker. You know those little, when you have the little half rim glasses, gold rims, yeah, yes, yes. on the end of your nose and yeah. the chain? He's lying in the doorway on papers, kind of shaved, grey haired guy, and reading like a double spread, so like <laughs> a, a proper paper. Yeah. And I just thought, that doesn't fucking look normal. Yeah. Why is that guy, why is he homeless? Yeah, yeah. That was my question as an as a 18, 19 year old kid. Because the other guy, he looks homeless because he's, he's dotting in his scruff. He's like, why oh, is that guy homeless? I thought, wow, that's a. Oh, that image always stuck with me. Yes, yeah, yeah. Homeless can be. Yeah, it can be. Whatever, like, yeah. whatever they've experienced. Any of us could be homeless, couldn't we? I mean, mm. if. Um, you know, any of us, unless we've got a. Um, you know, um, a, a running tap of finances mm. coming from somewhere, some other source. I mean, you know, if suddenly. What about some of these people, these businesses that have been um, annihilated with the bushfires and stuff? I mean, no government grant's going to get them back on there. Well, people have lost their house and haven't had them insured. I think I mean, that's a, a real, I don't know, the word, maybe catastrophe or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Catastrophe for them them personally. Yes. And the, 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 the communities. But how do you, where do you start again? And do what, you really want to start in that same place exactly again? I know right. you live there and that's where you're from, but yeah, yeah. if that happened once, surely oh. it could happen twice yeah, in that yeah. area. It's so de devastating. Absolutely devastating. I think the devastation is far beyond what we can understand unless you've actually been in that situation. Um, it's a shit situation. Yeah, yeah. But I think of people who experience, we experience it maybe yearly. When you think of those countries that are getting bombed every day. Oh yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. And then they come here and they're smiling. It's like, fuck, no wonder you're smiling. <laughs> I got a, I got a, a customer and I, I realised it was time for me to step away from serving customers, but this girl came in uh, Melbourne and she came up and she wanted an acai smoothie. And I said, we don't do acai smoothies, but I can do an acai bowl for you. And she looked as though the whole world had actually mm. just ended for her. And uh, she said, so you're not going to serve me an acai? I've just said that we don't do them. So no, but uh, we can do an acai bowl. And uh, she just this anger was building up inside of her. And I said, and by the way, I'm not going to serve you whatever you want because I don't like your energy. And she said, you effing, you know. And I said, listen, You've got to be lucky that you're not stuck under a bridge being shot at in Iraq or somewhere like that in some war-torn country. You know, you've come here, we haven't had exactly what you want, but we've offered you a, mm. an As close to Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, she's huffed and yelled and screamed off. She went, I thought, oh my God, you know, what is wrong with... Now, she obviously had a story. There was something obviously going on in her life. She came back the next day and apologised. Um, but it was just that sort of, uh, uh, you know, you kind of think... Where do people? They don't actually understand. They live. We, I think some people live in such a sheltered, yeah. privileged, demanding. Yeah. I, it's awful. Oh, it's yes. All about me. 
The precious. Oh. When you said that, that made me think of something. Because she came out the next day and she said, "Can I have a nice smoothie again?" <laughs> and she went, "I'm oh, just kidding." But it made me think of this this video my kids watch. It's a it's a duck that goes to a lemonade stand. Yeah, yeah. A duck goes to a lemonade stand. He goes, "Hey," to something, and he says to the guy, he says, "So he sells lemonade," and they say, Shoot, "The duck says, have you got any paper?" And the guy goes, "No, it's a lemonade stand." And the next day, the duck goes back, says the same thing, "Have you got any paper?" The guy says, "It's a lemonade stand." Next day, the duck goes back. Hey, yeah, in the paper, it's a lemonade stand. And the guy says to the duck, if you come back here tomorrow and ask for the piece of paper, I'm going to staple the piece of paper to your bloody beak. Next day, the duck comes back. The duck says to the guy, any staples? And the guy goes, no. He goes, any paper? <laughs>